Let's all stand up. We're going to get right into the Word of God this morning. And let's pray. Father, we just thank you today for your Word. We thank you today for the Spirit of the living God. And we thank you for liberty in this place. Lord, we look to you to speak to us today through the Word and by your Spirit. We come into agreement as touching this thing considering, concerning utterance. We pray that utterance would be given. I pray, Lord God, that the eyes of the folks here, their understanding would be enlightened in the name of Jesus. Lord, may the lights come on. And Lord, may we increase in knowledge in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. So turn in your Bibles this morning to Psalms 124. I'm going to speak to you today on the subject that the Lord is on your side. From Psalms 124, verse 1, it says, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. In other words, what he's saying, we would have been overcome. We would have been overwhelmed. Yes, we would even have been washed away. In verse 5, it says, Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. That is, if the Lord had not been on our side. Verse 6 says, Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. In other words, we have missed trap after trap that the enemy has set for us. The question I have for you this morning, have you escaped anything? The truth about it, about it is, is every one of us have missed hell. Every one of escaped the snares of the fowler. Verse 8, it's because our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Let's declare today, the Lord is my helper. Now look at Psalms 118. And we'll begin in verse 1, Psalms 118, verse 1. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, because His mercy endures forever. Let now Israel say that His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say that His mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that His mercy endureth forever. Let Heart of the Bay Christian Center say that His mercy endureth forever. Try that one more time. That His mercy endureth forever. Now I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. In other words, He set me in a wealthy place. He set me in a roomy place. Amen. How many of you just don't like tight places? Anybody ever been on a jet late, lately where you've been in the economy and you're kind of sitting like this and the person next to you, well, I wouldn't say they're obese, but they're, you know, maybe a little large and they're kind of lopping over. I just don't like tight places. I don't like tight cars. I don't like tight houses. Don't sign me up for the tiny house generation. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is on your side. Now, what is the result of the Lord being on your side? The result is, I will not fear. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Now, listen very carefully. If we are full of fear, it's because we do not know that the Lord is on our side. The presence of fear indicates the absence of being fully persuaded that God is really on our side. But, oh, glory to God, the absence of fear shows the presence of the spirit of faith. The spirit of revelation. You know, it's one thing to say, you know, the Lord is on my side and have it up here. But it's another thing to have it down here in your spirit where you know that you know that no matter what you may face, the Lord is for you. He ain't again you. He's on your side. And if God be for you, hallelujah. It don't matter what comes against you. Amen. So if you believe this, fear will leave your life. Verse 7 says, The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. In other words, he takes your part. That's the opposite of him being against you. Amen. In Psalms 23, in the first verse, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Woo! For thou art with me. And thy rod and thy staff comfort me. So the main reason why we fear no evil is because the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. And the Lord lives on the inside of you. He is not with you just to comfort you as you go down the drain. He's with you to protect you. He's with you to deliver you. He's with you to comfort you. He's there with you in the midnight hour. He's there to give you abiding peace in the midst of chaos and in confusion. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And surely goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. And what are we going to do? Come on, saints. What are we going to do? We're going to dwell... Somebody help a preacher out today. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to dwell. Woo! Glory to God. So many believe and have bought into the lie that God is very unhappy with them. And what has been preached in religion is a lot of condemnation and what he is absolutely against. I want you to know for sure down on the inside of you that he is for you today. And so the question is, is when did this all start? 
where Romans chapter 5 tells us. In verse 6, it says, For when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And you know what? I qualified. And I know for sure that Brother George Amaral qualified. And I'm absolutely positively sure that Raul qualified. No, without Christ, we were without a covenant. We were without hope and we were all ungodly. But oh, thank God, Jesus Christ came along and died for you and me. Verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commends His love toward us. In other words, He showed us that He was for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Understand this, that He was for you even when you were against Him. The hand of the Lord was upon you even when you were out there rebelling. He is on your side. Hallelujah. Now notice this with me in verse 9. This is shouting ground today. In verse 9 it says, Much more then, if He was for us then, how much more, glory to God, is He for you today? Amen. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath to come through Him. Amen. He is for you more than any human being ever has been. Amen. And He's going to take us out of here before this world gets too ugly. I mean, it's ugly now. But in the natural realm, and the spiritual realm, it's going to get uglier. But on the other hand, it's going to get brighter for the body of Christ. And we're going to live and walk in such glory that when the trumpet sounds, we're going to be caught away. Hallelujah. That's because he's for you. And he's not against you. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, let's let our eyes just rest on this. Even though we can quote it, even though we can declare it, It says, what shall we then say to these things? I know in my heart there are some things that have presented themselves to me during the course of my life that I needed to say something to them. Anybody ever experience any mountains in your life? Well, if you want the landscape of your life or the scenery of your life to be changed, you got to stop talking about the mountain and start talking to the mountain. And what do you say to the mountain? You say to the mountain, be thou removed. Now the mountain in your life might be a sickness, it might be a disease. Therefore, you need to have a conversation with that disease and you need to declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by His stripes I was healed and I'm not putting up with this disease any longer. Not one day I'm evicting you out of my life. Go in Jesus' name. Amen. You can do the same thing with debt. Amen. Start talking to your debts. Your debts have been talking to some of you all night long. 
causing you to toss and turn. Why don't you rise up like Jesus rose up in the hinder part of the ship and start talking to that debt and calling every bill paid and every need met. Amen. Now notice in verse 8, verse 31, it says, What shall we then say? How many of you know you can have what you say? If you believe not and doubt not in your heart. What shall then shall we say to these things? What shall we say to the turmoil in our nation? We'll speak peace, be still over it. Here's what we say. If God be for us, who then can be against us? If God be for you, and he is for you, what difference does it make Who's against you? Now, in the original, where it says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Literally, what he's saying, if God be for us, since he's for us, who can or what can successfully be against us? Now, it's not a question whether or not there's going to be some things that are going to come against us. But... Even though the weapons may form, they do not need to prosper. Even though the weapons may form, they don't need to be successful in your life. For the weapons and for the things that come against you to be successful, they'd have to be bigger than God. Because God lives in you by His Spirit. And thank God we know a verse of scripture. We're going to shout it from the housetops. That is this. Greater. greater bigger. Greater. greater is he. Come on. That is in me. Than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. He's bigger than the biggest test you'll ever face. He's bigger than the biggest debt you'll ever have. He's bigger than the biggest disease that would ever come against your life. Who can successfully be against us? Hallelujah. You know, if you knew that Bill Gates was for you and was going to give you all the money you needed, you might just believe that everything's going to be okay. But you have a better backing than Bill Gates. The Bible tells us that the Lord Almighty, El Shaddai, the creators of heaven and earth, is for you. What problem can fasten on your life when the Almighty God is for you? Hallelujah. Now notice something in Exodus. We're heading somewhere today. I'm building you up here. You're getting built up by the Word. But we've got some things that we need to discuss and talk about before that we receive communion today because it is of utmost importance, some things that I'm going to share. So let's look at Exodus chapter 23. And notice with me in 20 verse and and through verse 22. And by the way, Brenda's going to teach an awesome series starting tonight on angels. And so be here. It's really, really going to be good. And so we see in Exodus 23, verse 20, it says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. That'll preach, won't it, honey? 
beware of him and obey his voice. Now, you know, of course, if an angel appeared to you, you'd want to obey his voice, especially if the angel's from the Lord. But in today's walk, we have the Holy Ghost. And he speaks to us by his spirit. And so if you will obey his voice and do all that I speak, then, this is shouting ground right here, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. And I will be an adversary unto thine adversaries. Hallelujah. An enemy to your enemies. Oh, you want him to be an enemy to your enemies. This literally, if you tracked it out, this is part of the blessing that is upon your life as a result of what God spoke to Abraham. He said, I will bless thee in order that you may be a blessing. So he is for you and he is against what is against you. He says, I'm going to be an enemy to your enemies. When you just think about tithing, for example, the Bible says when you bring the tithes into the storehouse, amen, and you present them to him, the scripture says that he will rebuke the devourer. And when the devourer has done been rebuked, that boy has been rebuked. He said, I will rebuke the devourer. Oh, hallelujah. He'll cause your car to last longer. I drove a car for 15 years and it was running as good. Well, not as good as the day I got it, but it's still running today. Had 101,000 miles on it. And now a young lady in our church is driving it for the glory of God. I'm telling you what, if you'll honor him, he'll keep your stuff. The devourer being rebuked out of my life and out of your life is so wide and so vast that I don't even think that our minds can comprehend it. You don't know the times that he has spared your life. You don't know the times he's caused you to have good deals at Macy's. You don't know the times that he's caused you not to have multiple doctor's visits. Come on, somebody. That is the devourer being rebuked. And even though you may be going through a fiery test physically, he's with you right in the test. We've got testimony after testimony of things that look dark and things that look bleak. And it looked like it could be the end of a person's life, but because God was for them. But because God was on their side, they're alive today. Singing the praises of God. Hallelujah. So let's say it together. He is for me. He is with me. He is on my side. And he's living in me.
H2O. 84 ounces a day. Okay. Now, when a man's ways, when they please the Lord, he will make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Now, here's what I want to get into for a few moments this morning. Without a doubt, he's on our side. Without a doubt, he's for us. But then let's reciprocate. Let us be on the right side of what he is for. Now, just because he's for me and for you does not mean he is for everything you want to do. Or for everything that you decide to do. You know, there's a scripture in Psalms 2. I want to look at it. It says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves against the rule and take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Have you discovered that most of the world in which we live is against the Lord? And what he stands for? You don't have to go very far through television stations to understand this world is in rough shape. And the reason why the world is in rough shape is because people are yielded to the spirit of this world. I mean, let's face it. People that are in the world and of the world are going to be worldly. And they're going to think according to the world. They're going to talk according to the world. And they're going to act according to the world. The God of this world blinds the minds of them which believe not. Now, even Christians, I mean saved, filled with the Holy Ghost... Saying Shandai in church can be as reprobate in their mind as a sinner. Unless they have taken this word, read it, meditated on it, put it in their heart, and allowed it to renew their minds to where they don't think like the world or yield to the lies and the deceptions of this world. Are you ready to go a little further? Let us, and this includes Pastor Mark, let us not allow the spirit of this world motivated by the God of this world blind us and seduce us into believing lies. What I'm saying to you this morning is this. We have no business embracing what he's not for. And what someday he will eventually judge. We'll say it again. Get in the word. Find his will. Renew your mind. Here's the key. 
Find out what he is for. Not necessarily who he is for. We know he's for us. But find out what he is for. Amen. And then come into alignment with that. Based on the word. Not based on how you feel. Not based on emotions. But based on the word of God. How many of you have found beyond any shadow of doubt that he is for you? And that he is on your side. So here's what I have. We need to make sure then that we are for him. And that we are on his side. Pastor Mark, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on, Pastor? You on Raul's side or Brother George's side? I'm on both their side. Because they're on the Lord's side. Well, whose side are you on politically? I'll tell you whose side I'm on. I'm on the Lord's side. How about you? Raise your hand and say, I'm on the Lord's side. And so, we need to make sure. Come on. We need to make sure that we are not dominated by the seducing spirits that are of this world. Amen? Amen? Wow. I'll tell you what he's for. He is for the things that are good for you. Say that with me. He is for the things that are good for me. Now, just a couple of scripture. He gives you richly all things to enjoy. Amen. So he's for good things in your life. Amen. Amen. He's also for good fun. How many of you know you can have fun being a Christian? Fun. Outcome that you might have and that you might, what? Enjoy life. Nothing wrong with you enjoying life. Nothing wrong with you enjoying a piece of Nice coconut cream pie. Amen. Unless your doctor told you not to and doesn't line up with your diet. You understand what I'm saying? But you don't want to just live on coconut cream pie. Amen. Get out there and have some fun. Go to the couple's barbecue. Paul and Dee Dee do not bite. <laughs> they have fun. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, he is for you. And he is for everything Amen. that is good yeah. for you. Good joy. Good strength. Good peace. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verse 32 through 37. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him freely give us, what? 
Then it goes on to say, who's going to lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And he goes about talking about all these things that may come against you. But in verse 37, I want you to read it with me. He says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Or we could say it this way, through him that's for us. Now read verse 38 and 39 together. Ready, read. Okay, wait till we get it up. Verse 38 and 39. Thank you, though. That's awesome. Uh, verse 38 and verse 39. Let's go. One, two, three, read. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. You know what this is saying, guys? It's saying that there is nothing that will ever stop Him from being for you. He's not for all the stupid stuff we've done. But He's for us in that He gave us the blood that we can apply to our lives when we miss the mark. Hallelujah. Now here's something that's really, really important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this because we're going to receive communion in a moment. It is vital that you, that we, let me say it this way, it is vital that we watch very carefully who we are hooked up with. It's extremely careful, uh, important that we be cautious of who we have fellowship with. Now, Jesus was a friend of sinners, right? But Jesus never participated in their sin. So I'm not saying don't be a bright light and don't be salt and all that. But what I'm saying is when you get into fellowship and participation with certain people, what's on them can affect you, and it can get on you. And that is vast, and that is huge. One area that you need to make sure that you watch is false doctrine. I mean, anybody comes bringing another doctrine other than the doctrine that you're used to, other than the doctrines of Jesus Christ, you need to be very watchful and careful about that. But then also you need to be very careful about people that are criticizing this and criticizing that, and being negative about this, and being negative about that. Listen, friends, that can get in you. Make no friendship with an angry man, lest his anger gets on you. Now, let me just read it to you for your thought. In Numbers, it says, in 1626, he spake to the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So he says, well, that's Old Testament, brother, I'm living under grace. Well, let me give you a New Testament scripture. Revelation chapter 18, verse 4 says this. He's talking about Babylon. He's talking about the junk in that regard. And he said in verse 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, 
Come out from her, my people. What people? That you be not partakers of their sins and that you not receive her plagues. Talking about Babel. The solution is this. What he is against, get out of the way. Because sooner or later, that's a target for judgment. Now, what about this? Talking to the church at Corinth. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship do you have that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus with unrighteousness? What real communion is there with light and darkness? What conquered as Christ with Belial, or what part he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are, heart of the bay, the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'm going to dwell in you, I'm going to walk in you, I'll be your God, you'll be my people. And then he says, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Separate yourself from people, places, and things that do not contribute to your walk of faith. And when you do, he said, I will be a father unto you and I will receive you, says the Lord God Almighty. Let's all stand to our feet as the ushers come. We're going to receive communion in just a moment and receive the offering in just a moment. Say it with me, I'm for the Lord and I'm against what he's against. Now, we're not against people. It's not a flesh and blood thing. It's a demonic thing. Amen? Say with me, I choose to be on the Lord's side. The Lord is for me. And I am for him. Therefore, I come out and remove myself. From anyone and anything that does not contribute to my walk of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Honey, get ready to receive.